Welcome to Bike Talk with Dave. I'm your host, Dave Mabel, and I really appreciate that you tune in to listen each week. I work hard at bringing you a variety of people who do all kinds of cool, awesome things on bikes. In the past few regular episodes, we celebrated life on the Iditarod Trail, which can be a 14 to 30 day fat bike adventure across Alaska. This week, we're switching gears a little bit and talking with Heather Poskovich, who's planning on a different kind of multi-day adventure. The 3,000 mile race across America on skinny tires. Heather, who recently won the race across the West, which we talked about in episode nine, so go check that out, is also a wife, mom, and ER doctor. So we thought we'd talk with her about her decision to tackle RAM and how she juggles training with work and family. So go pour yourself a cup of chain and spoke coffee and enjoy this conversation with Heather Poskovich. Heather Poskovich, I'm so excited to have you on. And I want to say this is not your first time here. True. Episode nine, I would encourage people to uh, go listen to episode nine to uh, kind of hear your origin story and the story about your race across the West, which was awesome. And there's some really good uh, stories in there. But uh, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm good. Are you feeling like a crazy woman? And I only say that because of the amount of time you sat. Is your trainer in your basement? It is. The amount of time you sat in your basement today, which yeah. is probably longer than a lot of people sat in their basement. Maybe. Yeah. I've sat longer. <laughs> Oof. I, I want to talk to that, talk about that, but yeah. Um, you are here because you have made a decision. I'm gonna I'm gonna back up a little bit. A lot of people who are on my podcast are on it because they answered yes to a question. And that question may have been, hey, do you want to sign up for a bike race? Uh, hey, do you want to ride a fat bike? Hey, do you want to um, try gravel? And things happen and they come and they grow. And you answered yes to riding your bike across the dang country in Race Across America this year. So, congratulations Thanks. on that decision. <laughs> yeah. Is the jury still out on the uh, answer to that question? No. No. You can't be. No, for mm -hmm. sure. In for I'm a penny. On. Yeah, that's awesome. How'd you come about making that decision? I know we talked after uh, Race Across the West, and you sure didn't lead on to <laughs> having made any decision. Um, so I don't know if you had made a decision by that point or not. Mm -mm. Um, how did it come about? Uh, that's a tough question. I mean, Race Across America has been in the back of my mind for a while. Race Across the West was supposed to be kind of the sprint version, get an idea, dip your toe in, what is multi-day racing really like? It was a really tough year, and by the time I finished it, it took months emotionally to kind of come to grips with that race, actually. I loved it. It was so hard. <laughs> I didn't feel like I performed the best that I wanted to. I didn't, so it, it kind of, I was a little put off by the idea of RAM, even though that's been in the back of my mind for several years. So I needed some time to not be considering racing in that capacity, 
enjoy my family, kind of reevaluate my choices in life and see, you know, if I come back to this in a year or two, is that really still something that's meaningful to me? Is that really what I want? Because this is not a, I think I want to do this thing. It's right. extremely expensive. It's extremely time committed. You know, you're either in or you're not. So it right. took a little bit of emotional contemplating. When did you decide to do it? Mm, late this last fall. Yeah. I mean, it's been in the back of my mind, like, yes, I want to do this thing, but it's the, you have to, it's not, yes, I think I want to, it's yes, I absolutely want to. And even when I finally pulled the trigger and paid the down payment on the silly race, it was like, are you sure? Because <laughs> you're only $1,500 in, are you sure? Because <laughs> right. you can back out. But I mean, it's so far the process of training for RAM, thinking about RAM, it's really put a different spin on my life. And that in itself, the whole adventure and the journey is impactful. Tell me about riding your bike last summer before you made the official decision and plunked down um, a chunk of change to put your name on the list. Did you just ride fun? I mean, I know you did some mm -hmm. gravelly stuff. and I mean, you... I don't know. I was kind of lost last year, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't have a lot of direction. I wanted to do an event that would be important to me. Uh, here was the tour of Central Iowa, the Man 380, and you know it was going to be its first year. I love the directors, I love their events, and just the thought of honoring Joe Mann, who means a lot to me. I got a very brief amount of time with him, but he was just a really wonderful individual, and I think of him all the time. And you know, he kind of—I don't know—he just—he's in the back of my mind about living life and enjoying it, and I get to do it still, so I should be grateful for that. So I was. I don't know, honored to get to toe the line for that event. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was a distance that was not going to totally crush my soul. <laughs> right. So that, that's, that was my race. That was my race for the year, the yeah. rest of the time. So I trained for that. And then after that, I took a very steep recovery time because I was contemplating RAM. And it's like, I just need to unplug, yeah. reevaluate my life. <laughs> did you ride it all after that? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I did. But it was, I got sick. I got COVID. Mm -hmm. I kind of waffled around for a few months trying to recover mentally and just, you know, physically get back to where, I don't know, I was excited about an event again. Yeah. Huh. Um, <laughs> so the uh, um, 380 miles, mm -hmm. that itself is a long ways. You mentioned... <laughs> I'm going to dive into that for a second here because you mentioned, you know, you've kind of had RAM in the back of your head for a while and uh, and then you did RAW with the intent of having it be kind of a test run and a prep run, I guess, for RAM. And then it's like, oof, that was, ouch, mm -hmm. that hurt. But so many of us have so many things. I've wanted to climb El Capitan. I wanted to do it by the time I was 40, and I still haven't climbed El Capitan. I was just about to say that I live in Iowa, but I don't think that's a real excuse. I think I could find a way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but I just haven't committed. I've, I've wanted to ride my bike across Iowa on gravel roads. I, I towed the line a few times in the rain, but um, I, there's a lot of things that I would like to do or I would like to have say I had done, but I don't commit. And, uh, and that's what you did. What did it take for you to plunk down that check? 
hmm. and actually commit? I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm not, my feeling is just life is short and, you know, you can sit here and say, I want to do these things because I've done it in so many other aspects of my life and then I've delayed and I've delayed and I've delayed and then I come back to it and it's either you did it or you didn't and then when you did it, you're like, why didn't I do that five years ago? <laughs> That's my thought process. Um, so finally for me, it was like, you know, this is a good place in my life. Like I'm still young enough that I have the fitness to do it and hopefully be competitive. My family, you know, my daughter's still somewhat younger and so, but yet she's old enough to be kind of flexible so she can be on her own, but yet, you know, it's okay for me to go and do this thing without completely like alienating my family this year um, and they're supportive. I don't know, it's just a good phase of my life. You know, financially I'm fortunate enough to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of all these pieces came together in a way that now is the time really for me. At least that's what I think. <laughs> so here I am. Here you are. Well, yeah. when is the rest of the uh, deposit due? Uh, I think March 1st. Probably should get on that, huh? Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Now is the I time. <laughs> Food for thought right yeah. here and now. Oh, God. They're going <laughs> to kick me out, see? It's been a great talk. Thanks. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Have fun. Um, so let me ask you this. I, I want to talk about, you, you mentioned your family. Um, I, a, are they coming along? Uh, we're not sure what capacity. Originally, they were going to be coming, you know, they crewed for me for the man, which was fantastic. It was so much fun. So we talked about having them along again, but it's such a long event. And uh, I don't know, it, might, it would be better if maybe my husband was more free to come in and out as needed, as opposed to actually being committed. So for now, they're not part of the crew of the 10 anyway, but he'll be around. They'll yeah. be around. I but we guess. just have to be careful. There's so many rules with RAM that we need to have them officially approved and very careful about how they come in and out of the event. It would stink to get a DQ because mm -hmm. your the husband brought you DQ. Uh -huh. Yeah. 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 Um, well, don't get DQ'd because of DQ. We won't. And you do like ice cream, don't you? Sure. Do I remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, fair enough. Who doesn't like ice cream? Um, so they'll be bebopping, well... I guess the uh, future will be told how they're bebopping in and out. Mm -hmm. Anybody can stand on the side of the road and wave and cheer you on and mm -hmm. have cowbells. Mm -hmm. And actually, I'll just encourage people. What are the dates of Race Across America? June 13th. Is June when it 13th. Starts. Um, and starts in basically San Diego to Oceanside, yeah. Oceanside, yeah, to uh, DC. Annapolis. Washington, DC, yeah. Yep. Um, so look the course up. Yes. And get out there with cowbells and cheer Heather and I'll the rest of the competitors you. on. Definitely benefit from you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so um, I have so many questions, and a lot of them revolve around how do you prepare? And I see really uh, two ways of prepare or two things to prepare one is your body and the other is your mind and maybe preparing each of them coincides but um let me ask you about raw what was so hard about it uh the temperature the temperature was hard that year it was a very hot year and as such 
I just, you know, I went into it pretty strong and the heat just wiped me out. And six hours into this race, my numbers were already so crummy. <laughs> it was more of like where I expected to be in 24 hours, not six. And so it was very sobering as to this is how this is going to shake out, you know, and we're barely into this thing. And it, does that mean that I can even finish it? So it just became a very, um, I don't know, thought provoking adventure. <laughs> I've heard that a race like this is 60% mental, not 10% mental and 90% mm -hmm. physical. It sure seems like it would be a very physically demanding event. Um, but I, you just said right there how hard it was to uh, deal with the fact that because of the temperatures, you weren't putting out the power numbers. You weren't where you wanted to be when you wanted to be there. How do you get over that? Well, I mean, you have two options. You know, the only way you're going to get to the finish line is to keep going. So, you know, I didn't want to stop, but I had legitimate concern of, is this going to be even something that I can even finish? I probably got a little tearful that first night of just the prospect of, I, I'm not sure if I even can finish this. Like, maybe I bit off a little more than I can chew right now. Um, but then it just comes down to how bad do you want it? I mean, what did you, what did you tow the line for? Did you come... You know, check it out, fine, if you feel okay with that, but I came to finish. So then it becomes, you know, reshaping that experience to navigating the challenges, doing the best that you can with whatever you've been given, and keep going. So you obviously did keep going, although if you listen to <laughs> episode nine, you almost didn't, at like, I don't know, half a mile from the finish line up yeah. a big hill or something, yeah. which I think is an awesome story. Stupid. <laughs> So tired. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, that's speaks that's true to the challenge of the event. That's yeah. a nine hundred mile event. Yeah. Um, five days, four days. <gasps> I don't even remember now. <laughs> I've suppressed the silly race. I'm not even kidding. That's awesome. Four I love that. Change. I love that. Uh, I can tell you. I don't. Maybe I can't. I was going to say I can tell you what I ran my first marathon in, but I don't think I remember. Oh. Um, uh, numbers are funny. Uh, okay, so you weren't, took you a while after Race Across the West to um, really reconcile with the possibility of doing this again three times, mm -hmm. three times further. Mm -hmm. um, what got you over the hump in that decision? Good question. Just a desire to to actually do it. You know, it's not that that desire ever went away. It was still there. It just I need a little more time to think about it. So it just is like, dang, that stunk so bad. I don't know if I want to go through that again. Correct. Yeah, and then <laughs> and um, when I do, I better shore up some of my deficiencies from the last time and learn. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about how you do that um, training. Uh, you say you committed last fall, which would have been the fall of 22, and you're doing it in June of 23. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, a little less than three quarters of a year to like officially prepare, officially train. What does that training program even look like? Mm, I mean, it's the same as it was for RAW and any of the other big events I've done. I just kind of, the ramp up is a little bit bigger. Um, 
you know, there's a little less intensity work for this one in so much as like it really comes down to stamina and being able to sit the bike for a really, really long time. So already, you know, my rides are longer than they would normally be this time of year for June type events. Um, it's not that much different. Just would a it, lot of volume. What would be one of the longer rides that you'll end up doing before you uh, tow the line? Probably about 12 hours. But I did that for Raw as well. It's just, you know, I'll have done a lot more, you know, 8 to 12 hours <laughs> before I ever get there. Mm -hmm. You know, like now, this year, I took a week off of work every month up until the race so I could take a devoted week to train and not be at work trying to juggle those two things so I could focus on my training and recovery from the training and really hit some bigger volumes. So those weeks are, you know, 25 to 30 plus hour weeks of just riding my bike. <laughs> so Right. In addition to being a wife and a mom. And, Correct. Well, yeah. yeah, in theory, I should be present. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Tired sometimes, yeah. Um, I still feel like, I mean, so many people, Sarah Cooper, for one, like had such trouble with her neck. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Pete Pensiers, I think he was the one who originally like created this like neck cradle thing mm -hmm. to hold his head up mm -hmm. um, because his neck, and a 12-hour ride doesn't seem like you would get to the point where mm -hmm. it would stress the muscles in the same way riding for six, seven, eight, nine days in a row would. Mm -hmm. um, is there a way to prepare the body for that kind of endurance? Um, I mean, the funny thing is, is nobody actually quite has a good handle on what causes Shermer's neck, which is what you're referring okay. to. And it's... It's a condition that they don't know if it's like a neurologic issue where there's like central fatigue and the brain says, I'm just done holding your head up versus the muscles fatigue or some combination of both. Um, we don't really know. So, you know, I'm personally trying to shore up, you know, whatever aspects of that I can. I actually, I've been riding with my helmet indoors oh. or like using stuff around my neck for additional weight. Oh, neck exercises in preparation of, you know, trying to mitigate that risk. I don't know. It's not going to hurt. Right, right. <laughs> you know, for sure. will it help I, and s prevent me from having this issue? Maybe, I don't know, but certainly isn't going to hurt me. It feels like having a stronger neck area, and I would say mm -hmm. that would include everything from the cranium down into the shoulders and back mm -hmm. even, would be beneficial. Right. Uh, and Shermer, so Michael Shermer. Think so. I think is who, yeah. Um, I used to follow Ram a bit. Uh, mm -hmm. I was around in the uh, Dr. Bob Breedlove mm -hmm. days. I worked at Bike World when that was his shop, and the owner, Forest Ridgeway, was a key crew person. Uh, John Gooding, Kathleen Gooding. Kathleen went one year, she didn't go both, but uh, dear, dear friends. And uh, so I was around a bit, but I never went on one of the races. And um, uh, so it's kind of fun to have have that kind of, I don't know, can I use the word legacy? Mm -hmm. Continue? Mm -hmm. I don't want to put that weight on your shoulders. You don't need any more <laughs> weight on your shoulders. Um, but it is super cool, and we're, we're all very, very excited for you. Um, so talk about the mental aspect. You spent five hours in your basement today. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? I'm ready to pull my what little hair I have left out of my head after an hour in the basement. Uh, I don't, I don't know. You just kind of distract yourself with whatever, you know, I listen to music. Uh, I listen, it's a good time for me to catch up on work podcasts. So I do work 
continuing education stuff. Mm. That's, that's probably about it. I mean, I don't know, think about random stuff. Had some friends text back and forth today. Yeah. Do you ever do like sensory deprivation rides where um, you like just turn the world out and get through in your own brain? I know Breedlove was stories about him where he sat in his basement and it was dark and he mm -hmm. followed the fog line on his wall and more power to the man. For me, being in my basement, his sensory deprivation alone, it's enough. I personally am a huge outdoor fan. In fact, uh, I've made a huge focus to try and stay outside as much as I can with my training to the point that I was almost exclusively on my fat bike up until the first, through the first week of February of this year because we had so much snow. Paved roads, it was so dang cold, I didn't want to be out there on a road bike. Gravel mm -hmm. was gonna to be tough on a gravel bike, so I rode my fat bike on snowmobile trail and anything I could get my hands on. That's probably a good so. strength workout too. Yeah, I mean, as long as you can be productive, that's my biggest issue. I'm not gonna go out and sit hours and not be able to be productive, so. But thankfully, I mean, like, snowmobiles packed down the roads pretty nice. Yeah, It's actually for sure. a great winter for that, so. Yep. Different training than probably others, but. Well, you're not doing RAM on a fat bike. Please tell no. me that. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, I would have never thought to tell you that I spent, what, five, six weeks of my training on a fat bike? That seems ludicrous. Ah, yeah, I mean, we live in Iowa, and it makes yeah, sense. It does. And you get in what you can get in. Yeah. And I appreciate the fact that you're trying to get outside. So I, I think that totally makes sense. It's been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you use, when you're riding indoors, are you on like Zwift or something? Yeah. Yeah. Does that help? Like, do you kind of pay attention to the world around you? Ish. I've ridden it so long that I know, like, all the routes and all the courses anymore. But it's just, uh, I don't know, it's nice to see other riders every now and again have, have a little rabbit to chase, maybe. Right, you right. Know, or another hill to climb and push a little harder. So, yeah, it breaks up the monotony a bit. Yeah. Um, well, best of luck as you ramp up those hours and miles and hours and miles mm -hmm. into June. Uh, mentally, what do you do to prepare? Like, th there's got to be, you've got to go through cycles. And having done raw, I'm sure you can kind of imagine the ups and downs that you would go through on a daily basis. What do you do to prepare for those ups and downs as you ride across the country? I think it all comes in your training rides. That's part of the reason why I stayed outside is, you know, when it's 20 degrees out, and the wind is blowing in your face, and you're trying to figure out how to keep your bottles from freezing and your fingers and your toes from freezing and maybe not having the best day of your life. I am because I'm problem solving through how do I reshape how I feel about things, you know, how do I problem solve my way into making this a successful ride, both emotionally and physically. I think that's the mental training that goes on every single time I walk out my door. And even in my basement, I mean, sitting on my trainer for five years, for five hours today was not what I wanted to do, but it was kind of, you know, between the weather we had last night and the wind today and just not feeling like going outside was going to be, you know, extremely beneficial for me. It was better for me to be inside. And then it's like, okay, I don't actually want to be inside. <laughs> so how am I going to think through making this an okay time? Because I'm here for five hours, whether I want to cry about it or not. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's got to change the attitude. I think you just hit the nail on the head. Attitude, right? Attitude, yeah. yeah. Do you ever struggle with trying to change an attitude? From, yeah. Boy, this is crappy right mm -hmm. now, and I don't want to be here, and mm -hmm. but I am. How do you, how do you flip that switch? Mm, it's the same thing. I mean, I'm 60 miles from my house. 
it's 20 degrees and the snow is blowing in my face. It took me five hours to get to Boone one day and two hours to ride home just oh to highlight boy. how bad I fought the wind that day. And so again, I was like, gosh, this sucks. This is hard. Well, you're not going home until you finish your seven hour ride and your turnaround point is three more hours up the road. So however you want to think about it, this can be a painful thing or you can make it a fun thing. I bet so, it was a delightful ride home. It was an amazing tailwind. I took pavement back, and I, that was on the fat bike, mind oh, you. Oh, boy. Rocking and rolling on pavement. Because <laughs> yeah. the tailwind was so crazy, and it was ice. Like, I can't ride that thing that fast on icy gravel, so. Huh. That, well, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, so just stick to itiveness. I think so. Got to yeah. twist it into a positive light. I mean, it is. I get to be on my bike every day, even if it's not ideal. I, I chose this, and I should be grateful, and I am. And it is a choice. It is a choice. It is a choice. Correct. Um, speaking of choices, uh, one of your one of your objectives is uh, raise some money for charities. Why is that important to you? Uh, I value the people in our community, and there's several charities we give to every year, and being able to help them more is impactful for me. Kind of bring them along on the journey and showcase them to our community. Very very cool. Um, are you, uh, I said I would keep that a high flyover, so we'll stay with that. Um, I know it's so nebulous. Uh, okay, I'm going to bring it back. And, well, I think that's awesome. And, and I know so many people uh, gain strength from knowing that they are, doing this for a cause greater than riding their bike across the country. Mm. And, uh, and so, I don't know, do you feel that that's a way to, that will give you strength through the long night through Missouri? It will definitely help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> and who knows, maybe those charities will get their cowbells and meet you somewhere in Missouri Which in the middle of the night. Fun. I'd be down. <laughs> Absolutely. You have dots, right? Oh, yeah. You have a tracker, oh, yeah. so we can all watch you, right? Yeah. Uh, go to the RAM website. Does it, we can get uh -huh. there via the yeah. RAM website. Uh -huh. All right, I'll put a link to that website and then uh, encourage everybody to jump on your spot tracker and follow you and get cowbells and go out and meet you on the side of the road and cheer you on. That sounds fine with me as Maybe well. Maybe more than once. I'm done with that. I'm going to need it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, so, and, and I... I understand that you haven't done this yet. So, uh, you know what, maybe we re revisit this after RAM. Mm. Uh, but tell me about the, the crew, some of the logistics, like how many crew do you have? How are they split, like how many vehicles are they in? What are some of their roles? Um, and uh, I don't know, just how do they help you manage your life across the USA? Mm. Uh, it's going to be similar to RAW, um, three vehicles. This time will be 10 crew members. We had a pretty robust group with RAW with eight. Um, but the whole point of this is that there's a primary follow car, which will have three people in it, which will rotate probably every 12 hours. That'll be so directly behind you? Correct. Okay. So those are six people rotating all the way to the end. And then there's a secondary car that's assisting um, the primary car. That one will have two drivers in it. 
And so those two will rotate every 12 hours, so four people for that car. And then the third car obviously is transporting all these guys back and forth to hotels and grocery stores and whatever oh, wait else Wait a minute, your crew to gets to stay in a hotel? They, yeah, well, I might too. Oh, all right, that's Part cool. of it, I don't know. Um, at this point, you know, we're still kind of working on some of the logistics, but we might have a camper vehicle coming with us. Not a like full camper, but you know, an actual sleeper van, um, mm -hmm. which might give me some more flexibility of, you know, we're in the middle of nowhere and there is no hotel. Here's a place to sleep. <clears throat> yeah. What so. is your plan for that? Like, I mean, obviously, it, it's a mm -hmm. nonstop clock, mm -hmm. but you can't stay awake for mm -mm. 10 days riding your bike across country without some rest. So what's, which, do you have a strategy around sleep? Uh, I'm still working on the details of that. Tentatively, I'm thinking sleeping more during the day when it's mm -hmm. hotter. Because mm -hmm. um, it is June and you go through mm -hmm. the desert, Southern California and Again. Southern Nevada and mm -hmm. Arizona and mm -hmm. Southern Colorado um, and Missouri where it's hot and humid where people will go out and cheer you with their cowbells. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to keep going back to that? No, it's all good. <laughs> awesome. Um, when you sleep, do you picture 20-minute naps or mm -hmm. two-hour or four-hour rest? Yeah, probably three to four hours. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Dig it. Now, you're an emergency room doctor. Don't they train you how to not sleep for days on end? We're shift work. <laughs> Maybe when I was a resident, I worked 30 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yep. do that anymore. So Fair enough. I'm all Fair over enough. the map with my shifts, but I get sleep. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, three vehicles, one might have uh, the ability to sleep. When you say there's a car right behind you, mm -hmm. like, is it there the whole time? Mm -hmm. I worry a little bit about your safety. Do you think about that? Absolutely. All yeah. the time. And is this car like, well, like, how did it work on raw? So it depends on where you are on the reservation. It's direct follow. It's mandatory oh. just because there's a lot of risk going through there. Um, at night, it's direct follow. You have to be within the headlights, so within 30 feet. Every <laughs> single night? Absolutely. If okay. it stops, you stop. You don't leave the lights because if you, if you do, that's a penalty. Okay. Um, and then during the day in most other places, it's leapfrog. So the vehicle follows you. They go highway speed around you. They park somewhere off the, to the side of the road. Essentially, they within communication range, then they let you pass, and then they pop around you again. So, you know, then we communicate with each other, like, you need food. Well, then the next time they pull out, they have food ready for me, and someone's standing out there ready to hand off the food. I throw down bottles. I pick up new bottles. Why do they not <clears throat> let the car follow you? Um, during the day, it's just so much traffic um, that you're going to upset the traffic behind you. So they just don't want to hold people up. Correct. And okay. if and if we're holding up traffic, my car has an obligation to pull off to the side of the road and let that traffic pass as well. Similarly, if we're holding up traffic, that's another penalty. Oh, wow. How do they monitor that? Uh, there's there are officials out on the course. Yeah. The entirety of the way. Um, and I would suppose if you are traffic on I I don't know the highways, highway 6, you're going to know an events going on. And it's pretty apparent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This giant thing with lights and... Yeah, are you all blinkied up? Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. How do you deal with safety training on your own? I mean, it sounds like you've done some gravel uh. where there's very light traffic, but um, you go out on the road quite a bit mm -hmm. and not always with people. Mm -mm. How do you deal with safety there? Same. I take a lot of precautions. I have a Garmin Varia 
as my tail light. In fact, now because it's cold, the dang thing, the battery wears out, so I have another one in my pocket because that's how oh. long my rides are. Right, <laughs> so when right. the first one dies, I put on the second one. Um, but that one tells me when cars are coming, plus it's a really nice bright tail light. So if, if cyclists are listening to this, I would strongly encourage you get one. Um, and then I have another flasher on my helmet, um, and I have a flashing headlight on my handlebars at all times. <clears throat> And awesome. I have reflective tape all over the bikes anyway, and my helmet. Yeah. So I don't play around. Nope. Even that is still a little dicey at times. Uh, and you're kitting up in the Velarosa, and they've got that mm -hmm. bright. Yeah, I know. I just have more of their stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. Or I can't it, get it. Nice to have local support, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yep. Um, tell me about your bikes. I assume uh, plural. Yes. Uh, so I'll have primary road bike is a Trek Domani. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm actually borrowing from Greg's wife. <laughs> uh, would you ride in raw? I had my Trek Amanda. Yeah. So that one's coming back again in a different capacity this time. Probably going to be a primary climbing bike. But I'll have race wheels for it too in case I need it. And then the time trial bike, the Diamond Marquee again. Mm -hmm. So I look forward to that one. And then uh, that's three. So I think the fourth is probably going to be my Warbird as an oh shit shit bike. <laughs> With road tires on it just in case. It's comfortable. Yeah. You know, Sarah rode her Crocs. Some of that trip seal highway is just punishing. So yeah, it's a comfortable bike. Well, whatever I mean, we need to get to the finish line. That is an important word right yeah. there. Is comfort. Yeah. Big time, I'm sure. What does Heather Poskovich want to get out of this? Uh, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> so silly. Silly thing to say for such a huge event because people also ask, why do you want to do RAM? And I've spent a good amount of the time replying to them. I don't know. Because <laughs> I want to? That sounds kind of lame. Um, I hope, I don't know. It's going to push my capacity from a physical and emotional standpoint into an arena I've never been in before. So I look forward to that. What does that do for you? Hmm. Prove that I can do it. Prove that anybody can do it. <laughs> Simple girl from Iowa can do it. Anybody can do it. Just have to commit to the task. Well, you have an awesome origin story, too. I mean, you weren't a bike rider mm -mm. five, six? Seven years now. Seven years? Mm -hmm. Seven years eight. ago? You... Eight. Pushing eight. Okay. But yeah, well, it's still. Not that long ago. No. Not a decade. Until 17. In less than a decade, you picked up a bike and started riding. Mm hmm. And here you are doing race across America. Mm -hmm. God, I've been riding longer than that. I never. See? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, it's not on my list, though, to be honest. Yeah, it needs to. You really got to want it on your list. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Now, going along might be on my list, mm -hmm. but whew. what is coming home with you? What are you going to bring home from Annapolis, Maryland? Besides four bikes, three cars, ten crew, mm -hmm. and I'm sure your husband and daughter will mm -hmm. be in Annapolis. I and Ram imagine. can say nothing about that for Correct. sure. Yes. <laughs> um, besides all that stuff, mm -hmm. what are you going to bring home? Mm -hmm. What are you taking home? Lifetime of experience, memories, personal learning and exploration. That's really what this comes down to for me. I mean... I just see so much of the woulda, coulda, shoulda. So it's it's gonna be friendships I never knew with it. You know, like I, I already know all these people a little bit and I adore all of them for one way or another for 
the roles that they've had in my life up to this point. I know coming home from this event, it's going to be so much different. It has been with Ra. I don't know, I just, I'll probably be different. I kind of look forward to it, but I'll probably be a little different. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I feel like with these, uh, your, your crew, I think, is who you're referring to, who you've had you have some good relationships with and it'll be different when you come home. I feel like you're cramming like four years of college experiences mm -hmm. into like three weeks. Yeah, pretty <laughs> you much, guys, yeah. I mean, that I can imagine like the crew coming home as family. We hope so. Yeah. That's something we'll all have to chat about. We're all adults. We want to come home as at least having tolerated each other as adults, but you can imagine all these people stuffed in cars <laughs> for extremely long hours, short on sleep, stressful conditions. It's a real days. recipe for <laughs> some interesting little snapping here and there, maybe potentially. Yeah, I mean, lots families. of different personalities. Yeah, that's, that have never interacted with each other before. That's no so. different than in a family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as long as everybody understands that, then I, I, I mean, hopefully, do. we'll be all right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Common goal. Yep. And acknowledge that. Correct. This will be hard, mm -hmm. and there will be. For everybody, Valleys. different flavors, yeah. Yeah, and there will be peaks, so, yeah, that's cool. Um, do you have, you did very well in Raw, won the women's division, almost won overall. Yeah. Um, do, you need, do you need a hug? <laughs> <laughs> well, I get another crack at my friend, <laughs> right. BJ, he's lovely. Is he's he doing, doing Raw? He's doing Ram. Ram. Oh, yeah. nice. Nice. So we'll tell the line again together. Okay, cool. So mm -hmm. do you have any thoughts on time and or place? Well, I do. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. We'll, we'll revisit that in, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I mean, I August by the time out. you want. I shouldn't say that, but I haven't actually like mapped it out. I have thoughts in my mind of where I kind of think I'll probably land, but mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to just like Ray, just like raw, depend on weather and, you know, how do you handle the sleep deprivation and some of these pieces, you know, physically, where are you in the game and what's the weather going to be like again? Will yeah. impact time. Hmm. We'll just hope for tailwinds yep. all the way across the country. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Tailwinds and 72 degrees. Sounds nice. And uh, overcast skies. Sure. Yep. Down. Yeah. Yep. Maybe no you rain. just follow like a, a low uh -huh. a system that'll oh, that be great. just kind of churn it across the U.S. Just over me. Just over you. Just yeah. blast yeah. the rest of the competition. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Right, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so you, we talked about you raising money for charity. If somebody wants to get involved in that, like throw you a hundred bucks or whatever, or five thousand dollars, I'm sure you would be excited for that. Absolutely. Uh, do you have a, a way for people to, to do that? To get in touch with you? Do you have website, social media? We will. We'll need to get some of that information out. But HPUltraCycling.com is my personal website, and we'll have information there as far as links to charities where you can donate, links to how you can help us out as well. So that will be coming in the future. Awesome, because you would also take some help in supporting your ride itself, wouldn't you? Well, I would, but I mean, primarily, I guess what I would push for is the charities. With you know, we'll have an arrangement with them. A certain percentage will come to us, but. Mm -hmm. putting a big focus on them. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Well, I'm sure uh, you will build them up as June mm -hmm. nears, mm -hmm. and we will be excitingly following your progress. I know you're on Instagram as uh, HP, HP Ultra Cycling. Ultra Cycling. Yeah. Um, uh, any other social media? 
YouTube? Uh, are you a YouTuber? No. Vlogger, blogger? HP Ultra Cycling is on Facebook as well. Dig it. Dig yep. It. All right. So Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and the website. Correct. Uh, I encourage people to go there. So listen, thanks tons and tons and tons for your time. Likewise. Can't wait to follow your progress and watch you rip across the United States right. being pushed by that low pressure system that's uh, just behind you. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Don't tell the competition my plan. <laughs> yeah, they'll stay like, uh, what's the distance they have it to keep to be behind you? It has to be 100 feet or something. I, well, I think I within 100 feet they would probably be in the same weather know, system. That's a problem. That's what I'm saying. It's got to be more. Yeah. Push them out a little. All right. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Are you people listening? Her rules. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Miles, okay. Uh, well, listen, it's been a pleasure and wish you nothing but the best of. I don't like saying luck because it's so much more than luck. It's preparation, skill, determination, support. Um, I don't know what other awesome words am I leaving out? Mm, no, that's about it. Yeah. A sprinkle of luck. Sprinkle of luck. Yep, there you go. <laughs> All right, peace, love, and happiness. Well, I can't thank Heather enough for letting us have a peek into her very full life. I, for one, will be super excited to catch back up with her after her race in June and see what it took to ride her bike across the United States at a rate of about 250 miles a day. And I can't thank you enough for listening. If you enjoy these conversations, I'd welcome you to rate and review on your favorite podcast service. And please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. And if you really dig it and you want to support the show, please consider throwing a few bucks our way at buymeacoffee.com. There's a link in the show notes. And if it's easier, you can shoot a Venmo to David-Mabel. When you do support the show, I'd love to send you a Bike Talk with Dave sticker. I'd also like to thank Chain and Spoke Coffee for supporting the show. You can order the beans now for some home brewing at chainandspoke.com. And I look forward to the opening of the retail spot, which is going to serve coffee, sell bikes, service bikes, and be the new Bike Talk with Dave studio. I'm stoked about that. It'll be in Des Moines opening end of March, beginning of April. It's looking beautiful. I'm also excited for my race calendar in the next month. Dee and I are headed to Texas soon for the Rattlesnake Gravel Grind a whole weekend of music, food, and riding through West Texas on the gravel road. You can still join us by registering at rattlesnakegravelgrind.bike. And then on April 8th, we'll be racing skinny tires at Trofeo Sabato Sabatini. I think that's how you say it. It is the Trophy of Holy Saturday, a circuit race in Des Moines, Iowa. And then on April 29th, we will be heading to Northeast Iowa for the Driftless 100, where I'll be joining my friends at the Iowa Gravel Gang and hopefully many of you for a beautiful gravel ride through the Driftless Hills of Northeast Iowa, starting in El Cater. Plan to spend the weekend and bring your fly rod to fish one of the many trout streams in the area. You can register today at driftlessgravel.com. I'm looking forward to some fun episodes coming up out of all of that riding. Plus, we're going to catch up with some of the athletes who are currently crossing Alaska on the Iditarod Trail Invitational. We'll also talk about the 50th edition of Ragbri, the great ride across Iowa, and catch up on what's happening with IMBA, the International Mountain Bike Association. 
We've got a lot planned, so many great stories, and so many great people. And we're totally stoked to share them each week with you on Bike Talk with Dave. Thanks for joining. We hope you have a great week. Keep the wheels down and the wind at your back.